Man, I just love this, this service. And you know what? This time next year, we may have to do two. Wouldn't that be great? It would be. It would be awesome. And it's so wonderful to see you guys. You know, if you think about what Christmas is about, um, certainly it's about Jesus. It's about gifts. It's about family. It's about candlelight services. It's about food for most of us. Uh, and, you know, one thing, too, it's about, it's about lights. I mean, when you think about Christmas, uh, at least in, in, in our culture, in the Christian culture, e- even in different parts of the world, you think about lights. You drive around town, you see lights. There's a guy named Tim Gay. I think we have a picture of his, uh, his house in New York. Tim Gay right now holds the Guinness Book of World's Records. He has six, over 601,000 Christmas lights. Can you imagine that? It's two acres covered in lights. Now, if if that would have been my dad growing up, I know who would have had to put them up and get them down. So I'm glad that that wasn't my dad. That is, that is powerful. I mean, 600,000 lights. Christmas is about lights. And in fact, the very first Christmas in John chapter 1, John doesn't go into a lot of the Christmas story, but he talks about Jesus coming to earth. In John chapter 1, verse 9, talking about Jesus, it says, the one who is the true light. There's a lot of false lights out there. The one who is the true light, who gives light to who? To everyone was coming into the world. He's talking about Jesus being born. So here's what I want to talk to you about this evening for a few minutes. I want to, I want to talk to you tonight about following the light to the light. That may sound a little paradoxical, but that's exactly what we're told to do in the Bible is to follow the light that God has given us to Jesus Christ who is the light. I want to walk you through briefly and quickly the Christmas stories about how the light, they follow the light. You begin with the shepherds. These are the first guys on the scene. They're out minding their own business. They're out tending their flock, doing what shepherds do. And all of a sudden, an angel appears. And in Luke chapter 2, this story is told. And it, it literally says the presence, the manifest presence of God showed up in that pasture. Can you imagine what that was like? I mean, the light of God showed up in that pasture. And the angel said, guys, listen, today in the town of David, that's Bethlehem, they knew where that was, a Savior who is Christ the Lord has been born. And guess what? You can distinguish which baby this is because he's in a barn laying in an animal feeding trough. That's who the baby was. And what did the shepherds do? They got up and they ran that quarter of a mile, three-fourths of a mile, until they got to where the baby was and they found him. You know, it's interesting. God gave them enough light to get to Jesus, didn't he? Through an angel, uh, through through uh, pointing them some some signs, he's going to be uh, in a manger, and they were able to find Jesus. They they had enough light that they could respond to him. You go to the wise men. Of course, when you think about the wise men, this is the great light story. It's the star. And it begins that, that they see something in the star, some astronomical thing that gets their attention. And they were probably comparing it to what they had of the Old Testament. And they said, you know what? God is trying to show us something. And he gave them enough light that they got to Jerusalem. But when they got to Jerusalem, they got stumped. How many of you ever feel like you get stumped with God? 
and you don't know where to go next, let me give you, let me give you a great thought. I don't know if she's in here. She was roaming around. Rosetta Smith, one of our wonderful members, I heard her tell someone the other day, God will always give you enough light for the next step. Isn't that great? I want enough light for the next 20 years. God always gives us enough for the next step. So they get to Jerusalem. They don't know what to do. They go to the king, and the king calls all the preachers together. And the preachers, they don't really care where he is or where he's born, but they know academically because they've studied the Bible. And so they quote Micah 5 too. They use the Old Testament. And they say, he's going to be born in Bethlehem, the city of David. That's where the king is going to be born. They leave, and then the star reappears again, and the star is over the house. And it says they see the star, and they're overjoyed, and they got to Jesus. Think about this. Here's these wise men. They saw a star. They talked to a king who didn't want to help them, but he helped them. They got help from preachers. They got help from Scripture. They got another supernatural sign, and they had enough light to get to Jesus. So here's what I want to tell you this evening. Christmas is about God coming to reach you and me. Do you know that? It's about, it's about Jesus leaving heaven and come to earth to reach you and me. I want to tell you tonight, here's the truth. God is giving you enough light, even tonight, to respond to him. Do you know that? God's given you enough light. How, how are some ways that God gives us light? Well, we looked in John chapter 1, and we look, just looking at these stories, it becomes pretty self-evident to me. God gives us light in several ways. God gives us light from the Christmas story. You know, there's a little passage in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that says, All Scripture is God-breathed. All Scripture is from God. Old Testament, New Testament, and it's useful for teaching, correcting, and training, and encouraging. And even the Christmas story itself, when we look at the wise men and we look at the shepherds, that gives us light to point us to Jesus. The Scriptures themselves, in Psalms 119.105, it says, The Word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. You know, if you came in this room this evening and you don't have a Bible, we'll get you a Bible before you leave. But God's given us not only the stories of the Bible, but the Scriptures themselves to illuminate our path, not so we can win an argument, but so that we can get to and stay with Jesus. Do you know God even uses preachers? Do you know that? (laughs) Wow, that really is a miracle, isn't it? It, it, it is. Paul said God uses the foolishness of preaching. Now, the preaching of the Bible is not foolishness. I think what he was saying was is that God can even use dumb men to get his message across. How many of you know the story of a guy named Balaam in the Old Testament? You know how God gave him light? He spoke through his donkey. And if God can speak through a donkey, he can speak through a Tennessee preacher. Amen. Some of you are saying that donkey and you, there's some similarities. Keep your thoughts to yourself. It is Christmas Eve. But listen, you and I, you and I through teaching and preaching, you can go home tonight and you can listen to a sermon every hour on the hour on YouTube or on a hundred different places. God is trying to use preachers and teachers to give you light, to give you light. And he's using the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. He's God in spirit. 
And you know, even tonight, right now, if you're listening and you're focused in, the Holy Spirit is trying to say something to you. You got it all figured out or you checked out. He's not, you won't hear him. But if you want to hear the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's trying to speak to you. The Bible says the Holy Spirit, God uses the Holy Spirit to shed light to bring us to Jesus and light for us to understand Jesus. So here's what I want to ask you this evening. You've got enough light. I want to ask you, will you respond to Jesus tonight? Does that mean everybody here? Absolutely, it means everybody here needs to. Peter Jennings is a a newscaster. And several years ago, ABC, this is about nine years ago, they did a documentary called The Search for Jesus. And I remember when the documentary, when it began, you know, they they had it played up real well. Peter Jennings comes out and he's like, like they just found Jesus in some storeroom somewhere or something. He goes, we're searching for, but it was good. He said, we're searching for Jesus. And we need to find Jesus. And I was like, you know what? We need to find Jesus. But you know what? You've got enough light tonight to find him. If some wise men could travel thousands of miles and find him, if shepherds could find him, with the little they had available to them, you and I can find him this evening. What's God trying to say to you tonight? I don't know specifically, but let me give you a couple of things I think God is always trying to say to people. I think one thing he's saying to many of you who are Christians tonight and who are strong in your walk with God, God's whispering in your ear, I want to take you farther. You know, one of the most exciting things about Christianity is you never can tap it. And you never max out. If you played sports, when you got about 23, 24, 25, whatever, you maxed out. Amen? You may be 50 and think you didn't, but you did, friend. You go backwards. (laughs) But you know what? With God, the pasture is always greener. Isn't that great? You know, as I get, you know, I hit 30 a a year or two ago. And as, as I progress on that journey, you know what? My passion to know God is increasing and increasing and increasing. And I think one of the things that God wants us to see tonight is the light to know Him and grow in Him. We, we, we can never, ever plumb that day up this side of our earth. Maybe that's the light God's trying to give you tonight. Some of you, the light God's trying to give is he's trying to tell you, come back to God. You're a Christ follower, but you're away from God tonight. You're living for yourself. God's in a secondary place. I don't know what happened or what someone did or how someone let you down. I understand how all that happens. But God, maybe through the preaching or through the music or through his word, through the Holy Spirit in your heart, is saying to you, it's time to come back home. It's time to come back to me. And he's trying to give you enough light for you to see that tonight to respond to it. You know, a third thing that's sad to say on Christmas, but it's so true. Some of you right now, you're hurting. You're sad. You've got problems. You don't know what the solution is. In 2 Corinthians 1, when it describes God, it says that he is the God of all compassion and the God of all comfort. Isn't that wonderful? Would you rather it say he's the God who is a hater and is just looking to knock your head off? No. And you know, this evening, maybe the light that you need 
is that whatever problem you're facing, God's going to be there for you. I, I read several months ago, it was from a book called Anxiety Free. Listen to what it said. It said young people, wasn't even talking about adults, young people today, the average young person and teenager today has an anxiety, anxiety level at what a psychiatric patient had in 1950. Did you hear that? Maybe it's your emotional health. Maybe it's your physical health. Maybe it's your money or your marriage or problems are, are, can be a plethora of things. But let me tell you this evening, if you're listening and you want his help, God's trying to give you enough light to come to him to find it. You know, you think about Joseph. Joseph's a young man and he's getting ready to get married. And then he finds out his fiance's pregnant and he knows it's not his. And it took an angel coming to him to reassure him that it was supernatural. But you know, that angel didn't say, hey, Joseph, every, all your problems are going to go away. It's all going to be wonderful. Here's what he said. You, you obey God. You marry her. You keep your hand in my hand. It's going to be tough, but I'm going to be with you every step of the way. Isn't that awesome? So that's some light God's trying to shed on your path this evening. But you know, lastly, I want to tell you this. Some of you here tonight are not Christians. I'm not saying you're bad people, you're not religious people, you're not baptized, sprinkled, church member people, but you've never sincerely crossed that line with Jesus Christ. You've never entered into a personal relationship with him. And you're looking for everything else to fill that void. Money, fame, success. If you just had more, or if you were retired, or if you had this job, everything would be okay. And that's not true. Jim Carrey's a famous actor. Jim Carrey said this. He said, I wish everyone for a little while could be rich and famous so they could see that does not meet the deepest needs in your life. That's what Jesus is for, to meet the deepest needs in your life. Cora Ten Boom was a, a famous writer, lady who survived the concentration camp of World War II. And here's what she said about Jesus' birth and our salvation. She said, if Jesus was born a thousand times, once a year, every year, for the next 10,000 years in Bethlehem, but he's never born in my heart, I'm lost. And the light that Jesus is trying to give you and me this evening is a light that says, if you don't know me, you come to me this evening and you cross that line with me tonight. I want to ask you, are you paying attention to the light this evening? I want to show you something I got a couple of years ago that I highly recommend. Please don't ever bring them to church, but these are... Like it is all, I could go to sleep right now up here. I wouldn't. For some reason, people sleep out there better than I do up here. Have you ever noticed that? We were going on an international flight, and I got these, and these are awesome. Guys, your wife can be up stirring, and you're sleeping, and you never even see a thing. It is awesome. Then if you can put something in your ear, you don't have to get up for anything. I mean, you are... You were asleep. And these are great. These are great at nighttime or in the morning when you're trying to sleep. These are not good to drive with. <laughs> these are not good. Uh, they're not good to, for me to type with or to try to work with. 
And some of you got blinders on this evening. Again, maybe that blinder was put on by somebody else in your past. Maybe it was put on to protect your heart or your hurt. But that blinder is keeping you from seeing the light. It's keeping you from seeing Jesus and what you need. I want to ask you this evening to take the blinders off. I want to ask you this evening to look at the light God's trying to show you and follow the light to Him this evening. Will you pray with me? If you're a Christian, I just want to ask you tonight, are you hearing God in your life? Are you seeing the light? Christian, what's God pointing you to do? Is it, is it into that just that ever-growing, deeper relationship? Embrace that. Maybe it is to come back to Him tonight, or maybe, maybe you, you've got some news and things you're struggling with. Maybe it's just to reach out and and put your hand in his and hold on to him. Do that tonight. Maybe you're here tonight and you're not a Christian or you're unsure. And maybe tonight, for the very first time, the light of God is showing you you need to give your heart to Jesus. If you're ready to do that, if you're ready to do that, I want to ask you to pray with me where you are. Pray with me and just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I want to turn from my sins. And Jesus, I believe you're God's son and that you died for me and arose for me. Come into my heart, Jesus. And right now, I surrender my life to you. Amen.